podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on another BRFCS podcast. If you want to know more about how Rovers uses digital media, then this is the podcast for you. You are listening to the only podcast on the internet approved by the New York Rovers. Enjoy, and don't forget to check out brfcs.com. Welcome back, everyone, to a special edition podcast dedicated to an interview with members of Rover's own web and social media team. It gives me great pleasure, therefore, to welcome to the pod Warren Lucy and Ryan Grant. Warren, how are you this evening? I'm very good, thanks. Marvellous. We'll see if you can keep that mood up till the end of the pod. That'll be fantastic. Ryan, recently married Ryan, I should say. Uh, married life treating you well? Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, maybe come back to me on that one in a couple of weeks. And ask me again. <laughs> well, let's be a bit more optimistic than that. Make it at least months, <laughs> if not years. Uh, well, as we are discussing matters of the interweb and social media, I thought it might be sensible to have a panel containing some young people, well, people younger than me at least, to avoid me coming across a bit like an out of touch High Court judge. So I'm delighted to be joined tonight by the meme generated general, Mr. Mike Delap. Mike, how are you? I'm very good. It's been a while since someone called me young. Immature, I've heard a bit, but yeah, <laughs> sure. All good. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Well, this subject matter is right in your comfort zone, hopefully, yeah? Uh, I mean, I mess around. These guys are pros, so I'm just here to grill them more than anything. Splendid. <laughs> that should be good. And our second panellist tonight has harnessed the power of social media over the last 12 months, raising a phenomenal amount of cash for tremendously worthy causes. She also thinks that Ryan is, to quote, a star. So she was an obvious candidate to join us tonight, and that's just to lull you into a false sense of security, Ryan. I'm sure she'll grill you as well. Linz, welcome back to the pod. Hi, boys. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Thank you for saying the word star, Ian, and not what I actually said, which was that I loved him and I wanted to be his friend. <laughs> so hi, Ryan. We'll be friends by the end of this. It'll be fine. But bearing in mind he's only just married, I thought we'd better just ease him in gently in case he drops off the line accidentally. There we go. <laughs> My role here, therefore, is to be something of the confused parent desperately trying to understand what is big with the kids these days. We're going to split this pod into three sections. In part one, we'll learn a little bit more about the guys themselves, their career trajectories to date, and how they ended up at Rovers. In part two, we'll look at how Rovers uses digital media generally, and what the aims and objectives of the club are. And in part three, we'll speculate wildly about what the future might bring and what we fans might have in store. So, let's go! Okay, lads, welcome. Nice to hear from you both, and nice to put some voices to uh, to the to the typing as well, and the pictures and the lovely videos. But um, we could start off by maybe asking you to tell us a little bit about yourselves uh, by means of a an introduction. Maybe if we could have a go with uh, Warren first, and then Ryan, please. Okay, obviously uh, I'm Warren. I'm initially from uh, Sussex, and uh, I've been at Rovers for four months now, and um, I've fed myself been around the block with a number of different um, jobs in a number of different locations. And uh, Rovers is another sort of role that, that takes me further afield from from where I've been, really. Go on, Ryan. Let's have a go with you as well. Uh, Ryan Grants. I am uh, the media officer at Rovers. Um, like Warren, I've 
I've been around the block to use the phrase again. I've I've lived in a few places now, which is probably why you can't pin my accent to one place. That's that's what I get a lot of the time. But uh, yeah, my, my role at Rovers, which I'll tell you more about in a minute, um, I've been in now for getting on six months, uh, thoroughly enjoying it. And um, I'm sure you get to know more about me as this goes on. I'm going to probably get you to elaborate a little bit more on been around the block, which was an interesting turn of phrase. But um, <laughs> wondering as well, obviously, we know where you are now, but how did you sort of get into your current career paths was it straightforward or was it been a bit of a rocky road along the way no for me I mean I think when I was very very young I wanted to be a forensic scientist but realized I was pretty rubbish at science in school um so then I sort of worked out that I went to be a commentator and then so I used to commentate on sort of FIFA games when I play I'd turn the mute it down um and then from there I just thought you know what I've got to have more strings to my bow and then decided that football media was the route I wanted to go down when I was probably about 11 or 12. Um, so ended up going to university, doing a three-year degree down in Southampton. And um, during that time, I'd do a lot of programme work for Southend United. Um, so I would spend sort of, sort of two, two and a half years doing that for Southend. Um, when I finished my degree, I went to uh, Crawley Town and was initially on a one-year internship. But after a couple of months, there was a vacancy at um, Southend as head of media. I ended up going for the, uh, going for the role, ended up getting it. Spent uh, probably a couple of years there at Southend. Um, then there was a role that came up to work in Gibraltar for a betting company. And I just felt, you know what, might as well give that a go. I've always been one for experiences. So I ended up going over there for just probably just over a year. I'd live in Spain and work in Gibraltar doing a lot of website content and social media. And then the um, the role came up at, at Rovers. I was keen to get back into the football world because that's my my passion really that's what I went to do from a young age um, ended up having the interview and got the role and then touched down back in the UK and three or four days later I was back up starting at Rovers so it's it's been uh, been a, uh, a nice variety of, of different sort of jobs for me really definitely sounds like a nice progression of weather as well from Gibraltar to Blackburn that's, uh, <laughs> go on Ryan let's see if you can beat that <laughs> it's not quite as exotic i'm afraid it's uh, it started in um in manchester my first job but um like warren um i did a three-year university course i was quite clear from sort of a younger age really maybe 14 15 that sports journalism in general was the kind of area i wanted to go into um so i went to uclan in preston and did a sports journalism degree for three years and while i was there i sort of made the most of any free time by going and working anywhere I could for free, uh, just to get my name out there, really. Um, and as as those experiences built up, I managed to get a, a week's work placement at Manchester United. That snowballed, and fast forward five years, been in the job uh, a while. It had taken me to, to various countries and different types of work, really. I'd, I'd sort of try my hand at anything, um, whether it was TV, little bits for MUTV, the website, the programme, and then social media, which is where I got... The experience I needed really for my current role and uh, when the the job came up at Rovers I felt it was a really good opportunity and a uh, chance to progress there's room for progression at Rovers and that's what appealed to me really um, as well as the fact I had my brother jabbing me because he's a Rovers fan so yeah I, I jumped at the chance really and I've been here now six months as I say. Excellent I'd just like to say your brother has made the correct life choice just in case you're wondering as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, boys, obviously, you've told us a little bit about your career paths, but why Rovers? We love Rovers. We're Rovers fans. So what was it about Rovers that appealed to, to you two? 
Uh, I think for me, um, initially I, I saw the potential um, with the club. Obviously, there was a lot made about the um, sort of downward spiral that's gone on with the club in the last few years. But for me, you know, massive, massive stadium, big club, um, one that I'd grown up watching on Match of the Day every week. Certainly, I think the main thing for me was the versatility of the role, the fact that you are given a lot of sort of scope to to come up with your own ideas. Um, content is sort of my band, really, and uh, I think with the website you can be a little bit more creative than you would be in, in the job I had um, initially. So I think uh, for me it was it was the role, the club, everything about it ticked ticked every box for me. That's good to hear, Ryan. Yeah, it's similar really to what Warren just said there. Um, I think obviously the size of the club and the history around it is is such a big draw, whether that's, you know, for players coming in or staff. And, um, you know, we were really sold on, I think Warren will agree with me, we were sold on the fact that it's a family club and a great place to work, which is proven true. You know, we've had a great welcome from everyone who works there. Other than that, just the obvious, really, the fact that it was fairly local it's a, it's a bit of a trick for me to to get there every day but it's it's still local enough and it, it, as as Warren said it ticks a lot of boxes um and you do take a risk because you don't you never know what's going to happen on the pitch obviously and while they're doing so well makes our jobs a hell of a lot easier um but have, you know having come to the club in uh the start of October as I say initially it was just those the main things really of um you know the fact that it was a family club and um so was it sold to you like that because obviously we don't hear a lot from the club around how they see our image so I found it interesting you came from United to us so was that how it was sold a community club they want to be involved they want to be engaged or yeah absolutely yeah and that's that's something the players really pick up on as well um which that's something we can speak about a bit later on but as everyone at the club i think every member of staff um from the players and manager downwards and um would see it that way you know everyone does their bit and and you know is is friendly and welcoming and you know you treat everyone the same at rovers that seems to be the way that seems to be the way and the role as well the, the fact that there was progression there and scope for creativity and everything really appealed to me Okay, so how how does your roles work? Who does what? What are you guys sort of in charge of? Tell us a bit more about that. So, I mean, myself, mainly I'm in charge of, of maintaining the website, getting stories on the website, that sort of thing. You know, whenever there's, you know, if, if, if anyone finds anything on Twitter that's that's linked to the website, it, probably it's, it's from me. Um, but aside from that, I'm, I do I follow comment, commentary as well with uh, Neil Yardley on match days. Um, which is uh, which is something I also enjoy doing on the side, which I don't think was don't think it was part of the role initially when I came to the club, but when I was offered the opportunity, I jumped at it because again, you know, harping back to my youth, that was one of the uh, one of the first jobs I, I really wanted to do. So um, I'd say for me, probably website and and commentary. And Ryan, so my role really is uh, mainly social media. Um, that's that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the moment. But to be honest, the roles cross over a little bit. If if something needs writing for the website, there's no reason why I can't write a story or why Warren can't do a social media post. And that's great. It, you know, as Warren said, this it's so versatile and there's so many different things we can do within the role. It's not really uh, it's not a set role as such in terms of the job description. Um, we've sort of strayed away from that a little bit, if anything. Um, so it's it's match day coverage as well, um, a lot of that, and working alongside the players and the manager, and it's a little bit of everything, you know, going to cover the player appearances and things like that. 
I'm sure at some point we'll have to do some filming and be on camera, which will be a pretty sight for, for, <laughs> for the fans. My role is mainly uh, social media. Do we have a Snapchat? Not at the moment. Oh. No, no. It's funny you should say that, though. You're already leaping, leaping ahead to part three agenda there, Linz. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. Great you questioning, though. You're doing an excellent job. Yeah, Linz is just trying to suss out the quickest way to get a photo or a video of Prague Conway here, by the way, guys, if you're new to this. <laughs> yeah, essentially, that's that's my role here, just to find out how to get as close to him as possible. So You are the Conway lady, aren't you? That's the one, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Natural progression, question-wise, but just wondering, you know, what you found the situation like at Rovers when you arrived at the club? Were you, did you find many big challenges? What were the first challenges? Uh, when I arrived, like I say, it was slightly after Ryan um, turned up at the club. But for me, you know, all the staff members, um, there, there was a real warmth, I think, in the club, which maybe, you know, hasn't been there, should we say, in, in the last couple of years because of, of what's gone on. Um, but uh, you know, all the staff seems to be pulling in the right direction. We all want the same thing, um, which is obviously promotion. You know, is the uh, the initial goal. But um, certainly a, a warmth, and, and I think Ryan can can speak for this as well. That everyone gets on with everyone in the office. And I'd say probably the first challenges for me was I think it was a new web system that I was dealing with. It, it wasn't the one that was that I had at Southend at the time. The EFL changed it over. Um, so I think getting used to that new system was was probably the biggest challenge for me. But I've got to tell you, it's so much easier than the old one. Um, the, on the old one, the stories, you know, you you get it live, and then 15 minutes it appear on the website. Whereas this one, it's it's a matter of minutes, and it's in it's live, and it it really is so much easier to use. Uh, Ryan, was it technology for you, or did you? Uh, I'm not, I'm kind of cutting in a little bit here, but I'm not sure if you guys were aware that the Rovers sort of social media team prior to your arrival was not amazingly well thought of did that sort of come across at all yeah I, I I'll be honest there and say yes um that was the case but I think something that fans might not be aware of and still might not be aware of now that you know it's 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 a small team we've got and I think it was before and um so in terms of media coverage resources are stretched so it, I think it's it's just a different way of working now I don't think until this point the club have had someone who's dedicated solely to social media as I am and I, well, I hope that shows you know it, it, it's a bit of a 24-7 operation and, it, it, and that's the way it has to be really we are the voice of the club if you like so um, coming in it was really just a case of implementing the way I work um, and the things I'd learned from my previous role and you know hoping that it went down well which thankfully it has. It has it has I, I, I would say guys you've done a, a, a bang-up job it's sort of gone from being a bit desperate and you know, a bit almost, I would say at times they're almost a little bit disconnected and almost a bit rude at times of people, the previous team. But, you know, since you've come in, I must admit, I think it's, you know, it's very bright. The ideas you come up with are excellent as well. And it's sometimes you sort of think, well, I couldn't care less if the if the football team's playing well, the rest is just nonsense. But I think that sort of little link between supporters and clubs is absolutely vital. It is. I mean, just sorry for butting in. I just, I just think that a lot of the time now in football, it's almost a, a them and us with with clubs and supporters, and I think um, certainly Ryan's the main social guy, and I think he's, he he has brought the fans closer to the club. They know that if they do need an answer on a question, then uh, more often than not they'll get it, unless it's a really tricky one. Um, but I think um, a massive part, particularly in, in sort of you know a community club like Rovers, it's massive that the fans are you know we're all in it together, you know club and fans because. Um, you know, it's the only way we're going to move forward. You know, uh, it, it's all got to be done together. Yeah. Exactly. And plus, Ryan asked my permission to use my Valentine's Day Adam Armstrong post as well, which I really like. That was good. 
That was fantastic. I tell you what, and it went down well. I think we'll um, have to get you in. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's ready for that. (laughs) Just to to echo what Warren said, really, I I think the main thing with my role is to recognise that the fans are the main audience. And, you know, what what would I want to see if I was a fan? That's the way I look at it. I think it's... People try and complicate it sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's you know it's a case of we're just facilitating the the bridge between fans and the and the club. As Warren said, it's it's no more than that when it boils down to it. So, I, I, you know, as long as that's there throughout our work, you know, I, I hope we won't go too far wrong. Yeah, I'd just like to echo what both Mike and Linz have said there, Ryan uh, and yourself, Warren. I think the, it feels like the the voice of the club through the digital channels now has a, has a tone of voice which is much more appealing uh, and much more approachable and, and is at one. It, yeah, as Mike said, it always helps when games of football are being won on the pitch. And people are a lot more tolerant of everything else around the club, perhaps not not being eff- efficient and effective, but it, it's uh, certainly improved uh, a heck of a lot. Just one question I'd like to ask ask both of you: How, what's the what's the reporting line then at the club? Who who provides you with sort of like your your day to day instructions and all the rest of it? Warren, if you would like to kick off, sure. Um, I think a lot of it, certainly since I've been in, it, it's been the communication between sort of the three of us: uh, myself, Ryan, Rob. Um, who's our boss, really, head of communications. Um, and, of course, Neil, who does the, a lot of the video content. Um, you're given a lot of scope to come up with, with creative content. Um, and I'll say there's not really a there's not a line drawn where they say, you know, you've got to hit this, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's, it's, they, they do give you a lot of, lot of scope for, for that creative content. And um, I like to think that, that I think that shows maybe across the channels that, that we do deliver the, the, the creative side of things. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think they were they were actually looking for people to come in and just get on with things. Um, they weren't looking to babysit people. Or yeah, and while we are still learning, and you know, we will take risks and get things wrong because that's that's the nature of the role, really. But um, they were looking for people to come in and and do things off their own back, and that's that's what appealed to to me anyway was the fact that I could you know come in with with my own ideas and not really have to get it approved. I do try and you know just get someone to cast an eye over things sometimes if I think the wording could be changed slightly or something like that, and that's that's healthy. I think in all departments. Um, but um, yeah, as I say, there's a, there's a lot of scope, and there aren't too many instructions being passed down. Really, we try and help the other departments in terms of if they want something advertising or promoting through social media or the website, we'll do our best to to advertise that for them. But otherwise, it, we're sort of left to it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think from from sort of the web side of things, you need a variety of content on there. Of course, commercial side of things and, and ticket news as well. But I think there's. Um, a lot of stories you can be creative with. Certainly, if the team are doing well, I think people want to read about the team doing well. If, if you know what I mean, you know, if there's an interview with Adam Armstrong where he's talking about the last result, there's more chance of people reading it and, and enjoying reading it and enjoying the social posts, etc. If the team are winning, if you're not winning, then no one's going to want to watch the highlights, are they? So, um, yeah. just touch on what Ryan said there: that the freedom of the role makes it really enjoyable to get out of bed every day and go into work every day. Well, that's really, really pleasing to hear. So thank you for that setup in, in part one, guys. In part two, we'll come back and uh, I'll ask some sort of like more business-type related questions and then Mike and Linz can get into what the young people talk about as well. So back in part two in a second.
Welcome back to part two, and in this section, we're going to look at this strategy and the aims and the objectives around um, the digital content at Rovers in a bit more detail. So I'd like to start off, Warren, if I could ask you, what, what's the, the club's strategy for, for its website? Where, where does it want to go? What are its targets and its aims? I think for, for me, certainly the aims for me are to, are to improve you know, the amount of page views each month and the amount of users that are viewing it. You know, you want to spread the message far and wide. So when I was when I was offered the role, you know, they said that, listen, for the first few months, it's a case of just bedding in and then we'll reevaluate things later on in the season. Um, but certainly with me, I think I touched on it earlier that if the team are doing well, people want to read about about your content. So it's difficult to, to nail down a, a certain strategy of, of the website to be honest with you, um, so it's just a case of if the team, if the results on the pitch are going well, then um, certainly the page views go well for me. And you, you mentioned earlier that we're part of that EFL. Uh, I'll call it a template. That's probably not the right the right phrase. How how easy is it to use the, the constraints of a, of a formula that's laid down to to put the content on that that you want to to publish? I think um, the EFL do a good job with, with the website that we have. Um, certainly, like I said, it's it's much much easier to use um, this system that we're on at the moment than the last one. Yeah, I think that my predecessor was mainly sorting out the website side of things because it was all changed in the summer. Um, and I think that was all, all up and down the country. You know, it wasn't just ourselves. But um, I think the, the website, there's not been too many complaints come through about it. I think it, it gives you a nice variety of different news. There's a nice amount of stories that you can see on the home page. I think it's pretty easy to navigate. Um, so um, I think EFL, you know, they get a lot of stick. Not just you know, it's not not just for website, but as a whole. But I think they've um, they've got it nailed. I think at the moment, it's, it's certainly an improvement on the first iteration when all the um, well, not all there, there was a template that was offered around the the football league clubs, and the, it, it was it felt a bit clunky. Whereas yeah. I think this one is a lot more integrated than the old one, so certainly an improvement there. Ryan, for, from your perspective then on social media, um, have we have we got a target to sort of like hit a million followers on Twitter or anything like that? Uh, not so much a target, no. What what I'll do, um, just to give you a bit of insight, is at the end of every month or, or the, the start of the following month, I should say, I'll do a social media report and I'll send that to the, the higher-ups, if you like. Um, and that'll be... You know everything from engagements and followers and and likes and reach everything you know for for each of the platforms that I'm currently working on and you know I've been lucky to have seen an upward trend you know it, it helps uh, as I say when the team are winning and January is a little bit different because you've got transfers and people are so engaged and wanting to know what's going on but as I say there's been there's been an upward trend so I'll, at the end of every month I'll um I'll send that that report over but there hasn't been a specific number you know for me to hit I've I've basically said when I came in and um, figured out everything that was going on I sort of said look we're, we're approaching half a million followers across the, the three platforms and once we get to that uh, that figure that's that's great for the club that that can be used you as you know we've got a social media partner at the moment but any future deals if you go to someone and say look you're reaching half a million people on a regular basis that that should really appeal to them so that that's not just a, a social media incentive, really. It's 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 great for marketing, and that's where other aspects of the club come in, really. So, yeah. but to answer your question, there hasn't really been a, a, a figure put out there or anything like that. I think as long as we're seeing sort of continual growth and that the fans are happy, um, which thankfully they are, that's that's the main thing. I think, well, based on what you guys have just said, it's quite it's quite the reverse on a fan site such as ours. We notice on the message boards, and particularly if there's match reports as blocks, that if we have a bad result, <laughs> the, 
the uh, there's a spike of activity where everybody comes on to whinge and moan. So it's quite it's quite the inverse then for you guys. That when we have a good result, everybody goes to look at the video. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's fantastic. And then there we have bad news. We get them on the message board going rubbish, get him sacked, and all this sort of stuff. So it's quite yeah, interesting. I, I think that's where the the challenge comes in. Really, it, I think it's just as important to have a strategy when the team's losing, which inevitably you know inevitably they will at some point, whether that's um, I don't think it will be this season looking at the squad we've got on paper but you know next year the, if we do go up the championship is bound to be harder yeah, uh, yeah. when we aren't winning as many games um, you'd like to think we would next year but you know if we aren't winning as many games you have to think about how again how the fans would what, how, how they would feel and what they'd like to see from our channels you know I, I, I personally find that if we've lost fans don't want to hear from you so just just go quiet They don't post for the sake of it you know I think it's it's important to sympathize you know I, I the best thing for me to do is to go to my brother see how he's feeling he's a Rovers fan and if he's if he's down about a result I'll you know I'll take that into account I was listening to a, a podcast earlier today and they were talking about um, Trent Alexander-Arnold sort of tweeting immediately after the game, apologising for his poor performance against Manchester United. And the journalist in question, who was Tony Evans, who used to write for the Times, he he wasn't particularly keen on that at all. And I must admit, I, I tended to, to be with his is his mindset, you know, this is a young lad making his way in the game. And if every time he makes a mistake, someone's advising him to go onto social media and apologise... It uh, it could destroy any sort of fragile confidence that he's got. I still stay off when uh, when you lost a game. To be honest, yeah, I agree with that. I think there was a there's a bit of a comedy line um, that that sort of like the Rovers Twitter arty, if we will, sort of uh, always have a bit of a joke about after a defeat is that you get a lot of players coming online and using this we go again phrase, you know, seven or eight of the players will come out of it. And it almost becomes a bit of a joke because everyone's a bit sore after a defeat and. It almost feels like you want to just say to him, like, go on, get out of our sight for a few days. We'll forgive you eventually, but come back on Saturday and win again. That type of uh, type of thing. Uh, to be fair, I disagree with you all. I really like when they come on after a defeat. I probably should have said that. I like that accountability. I love a Benno, we go again tweet. I live for them. So with no targets, Ryan, so you're not setting a target for a certain number of followers, how do you judge success? Are you like us mere mortals who love a retweet or a like on something that you do? How do you know what you've done has resonated with us as fans? Yeah, I'd say that's that's much easier for myself than Warren. I think because I'm dealing with, you know, actual human interactions and people are in, interacting with my personal account as well and and giving me their opinions. I think that's such a, a good way to gauge how, how people are viewing, um, our, you know, our work. Um, so in terms of, of success, it's not just about growing the account because that's, I think that's, that's a given that it, the, the account will grow. It's just at what rate it grows. Um, so it's more about, you know, if I've got fans tweeting us saying the, the output's been great, that's, that's a, as good a, you know, compliment as I need really to, to suggest that that everything's going well, I don't think I, I tend to look too much at the at the numbers. It, it's the same as as what what Tony Mowbray would say about the the table. I suppose he doesn't tend to look so much at the games in hand and things like that. If you know, if if the general view is that things are going well, that's that's enough for me. And Warren, how do you kind of judge success in terms of the website? Um, it's it's quite difficult, really, Linz, because. You know, I, I touched on it earlier about the sort of page views. You know, you can yeah. see if 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 something's been viewed a lot of times, but you can't tell whether that's you know, that's a good thing or not. You know, whether they're going to vent their spleen about a, 
um, you know, the, the thing with, with, I think, both roles really is you're never going to please everyone, are there? You know, there's going to be, you know, say we have 13,000 fans at home game, there might be 12,000 that love what you're doing. There might be 1,000 that don't um, and vice versa. So I think for websites, it's, it's more difficult um, because you, you don't really get the fan interaction via the website. It's more on social media. So, um, but let me tell you, Ryan does report back whether, you know, something's gone down well or not. And uh, I think you've just got to learn from learn from mistakes, learn from, from the experience. And uh, again, you know, some people love what you do. Some people don't like it. So uh, you're never going to please everyone. Well, I'd seen an interaction that you'd had on Twitter with somebody saying you were too favourable to our opponents. And I thought that was quite an interesting interpretation of the articles. And I just, again, you can't please everybody because that's not something I've ever interpreted when I've read match reports. Yeah, but I mean, if, if like I say, if, if a user feel, you know, thinks that, then, you know, it's all about opinions. Um, so, you know, for example, if, you, if yourself, if you didn't like something, then I'm all for you. Let me know you didn't like it because uh, I think, you know, you've got to learn from the good and bad. And, you know, sometimes different words could uh, could suit certain people. Some might like it, though. So uh, The only thing that made me uncomfortable, and it's a very, very minor criticism, is retweeting um, score predictions before a game. Because when I go to uh, away games, I'll, some, I'll sometimes scan Twitter feeds. And if I see the home club retweeting that they're going to stuff us 2-0, 3-0, 4-0 or whatever. That kind of gets me up for the game as a fan to try and do my bit. Ryan, have you had any feedback on on that kind of thing? Not so much. It's interesting, actually, to hear you say that because I've been looking at different ways to cover the matches. To be honest, this season it's just been about, look, we'll we'll change everything and then over the summer refine it all. So any, I'm going to ask fans at the end of the season, you know, what, what they'd like to see from our social media feeds and, you know, what's, what we should keep, if anything, and what we should change. Um, I think that's that's the best way to do it because, as I say, they're the audience. Um, I think maybe the score predictions thing is a little tired. I can appreciate that, to be fair. There might be a different way of doing it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I completely get what you're saying there. So, but uh, as, as I say, over the summer, I'm, I'm going to ask the fans and, you know, any improvements that we can make, I'm sure we'll make them. That's that's the plan. It's funny you should mention, Warren, about people coming to you and saying they like things, didn't like things. You'd be all up for that. I've got something for you. Something I loved was Brad Venn. The bet I've welcomed two children into my life in recent times. And outside of that, I can think of nothing more that I love than Brad Venn. Uh, how did this wonderful thing come to be? And how much sort of persuasion did the players need to contribute to this uh, to this thing? Yeah, um, that was just, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. Sometimes these things just come into your head and it, it wasn't supposed to be like that. It just, it, the idea grew, the seed grew and um, it became a, a full month's worth of content. And luckily, Bradley Dack's brilliant. He's, you know, I, he's, he's exactly the same off the pitch as you see. As you see on it, he's he's fantastic. Um, he's he'll do any. He he says the words, "I'll do anything you want me to do on camera," which um, you know I'm sure that will come back to bite him one day. But uh, we don't ask him to do too much. So luckily, he didn't need any persuasion. Um, he, ne- he he never does a lot. None of the players do, to be honest. And Tony gives us great access to the players, and that's that's something else you can't really control coming in is um, how much access you're going to be given to the players. So that's that's been a blessing, really. The fact that we're allowed to speak to the players, you know, within reason, as and when we want. Get all kinds of different um, content and everything. But but Bradvent, as I say, I d- I'm not quite sure where it came from. Um, but once we ran with it, we just, you know, we tried to get as much content as we could in advance. And you know, I'm thankful it, it went down really well. I'm sure we'll 
try and do something similar next year if people liked it so much. I think, uh, oh, it was good. It was, I'd say it was a, it was better than Dak and Dom doing the uh, carpool karaoke, which I thought was a treat as well. The players to us, certainly the current bunch that are playing the season, seem very amenable bunch, a lovely bunch, a very hardworking bunch. Does that sort of come across? Uh, yeah, as you say, they're, they're a great group of players. They really are. They'll do almost anything we ask them to do. Um, you go into the training ground. We try and get down there a couple of times a week. We'll obviously go down for the press conference. But when we are down there, you know, you sit among the players. They're, they're friendly. You know, they'll... They'll ask about you. I, I, I don't know if you saw. I got. I went in on. Uh, was it last Friday? Uh, spend my morning having a snowball fight with Harry Chapman, and then fixed his laptop. Um, so it's just it's just little things like that you wouldn't get at a lot of clubs. Trust me. You um, the access to players at, at other clubs I know full well is is limited. So it, it really is brilliant. You feel like a part of the group. And if if promotion is to be the outcome of this season, I feel like we'll we'll have all done it together. Yeah, I've got to agree with Ryan there. I mean, uh, one of the examples I can think of is uh, Amari Bell. Um, we signed him. We got everything done really, really late at night. It must have been about 10 o'clock. Uh, so we're down the STC and we get Amari in. And bearing in mind, he'd, he'd not even spent a day with us. Um, we had the announce Amari video that was all planned sort of weeks in advance. And uh, to be fair to him, you know, it, didn't, it wasn't a first take. Um, and there was a few, you know, there's a couple of, Awkward silences whilst we were waiting for the uh, alarm to go off. But, you know, he was top class in, in doing that. And I've got to say, all the players have been brilliant. Ducky as well, like Ryan said, even for that Grace Davis idea where he was caught singing in the mirror. You know, he, I think we said, oh, how do, you, how do you fancy doing that? And he just said, yep, cool, let's do it. First take. Uh, and it's done. And all the players have, have been brilliant since I've been there. Oh, can I just want to ask, is it important to you that the players have social media? Because obviously some do and some don't. Would you like them all to have it? I, I'm not fussed either way, to be honest. I think it's, it's down to personal preference. I think some players, you know, are so focused on, on match day in their own way that, you know, they see it as a distraction, whereas others love, you know, the fact that they can interact with the fans. I'm, I'm sure they all do, but... I, I honestly think it, it's down to the individual. Personally, I don't mind if they don't have it. Um, Whose social media do you like the most, Ryan? Come on, give us some gossip. There's only one answer there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Benno. He's 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 another one. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, he's you know he says all the right things. Uh, not not just because you know he knows it will go down well with the fans, but because he genuinely means it. And you know his, his social media is brilliant. That's why. When we came to do the Amari Bell announcement, we put in there. We knew that Benno would, you know, would welcome him within a matter of minutes, and he did. He loves it, and and we we love that he loves it. So yeah, yeah. It, to come back to to your question, I'm I'm not too fussed whether or not they have it or not. I know at other clubs, you know, players might just see it as a way of raising their own profile, but it it doesn't seem to be the case at Rovers, to be honest. As I say, you know, everyone's focused on one aim and and we're you know we're all together as a group as much of a cliche as that uh, as that sounds ryan can i just ask does the club give the players any social media training um it's a good question actually i know we did uh my previous role um since i've come in i haven't seen any evidence of that but i do think it i do think it goes on you know whether whether or not that's something that happens before the season. I think I might have missed it this time around, but I do think it happens over the summer. And I'm sure that's something I'll be involved in, to be honest with you. But I, I haven't um, been involved in it since I've been here. Yeah, I just wonder if there are any guidelines as such the players, you know, just to try and help them out. Because it's 
it's increasingly important these days. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't give any guidelines to Bradley Orr, remember, from a few years ago. No, that's partly why I was asking. <laughs> we've, we've had a number of instances in the past where um, I think players have potentially shot themselves in the foot. I know there is a player handbook as such, um, and I'm, I'm sure, I, I couldn't say for certain, but I'm sure that's something that gets brought up in the summer when they all come back for pre-season and everything. I'm sure they have a day or an afternoon where it's um, where they go through it. Yeah. Or yeah, it's it is very important. It's in you know I, I always say that social media is the, you know the best and the worst thing to happen to football in many ways. I I honestly think the positives massively outweigh the negatives, obviously. But you know there, there is it's so easy to say the wrong thing and get caught up in a massive storm and everything. So uh, you know as you say there's there should be training, and I'm sure there is, yeah. So in terms of um, social media in the football world, Ryan, where should we be looking? Who does it well? Who do you like? And are we going to be getting any Bristol City-style gifts, or have you got anything else up your sleeve for us? <laughs> um, good question. Who do I look to? Um, I used to really like, and this was a question I was actually asked in my interview, funny enough. Um, I, I'm not sure it's the same guy anymore, but I used to really like how Southampton went about their social media. Just just the tone of it, really. Similar, it was, it was you know, engaging with the fans. It didn't feel like a, a robot behind the screen. It felt like someone, you know, was there controlling it as, as a human um, and speaking to the fans directly. And, you know, I like that. They were, they were creative. They're, they had nice graphics and visuals you know this the good thing is every club does it differently and every club has a has its own identity as as it does off the pitch really for the the bristol city guess I've, it's a weird one I've, I've had some fans say to me please can we do them others say please never do that it's the worst thing ever i personally think they've they've been very clever getting there first and they've done it very well. I think any club that tries to do it now will just be accused of copying Bristol City and not doing it as well. I think they've, you know, they've really done a good job of it. So I think the challenge really is to to be the first to, to the next thing, whatever that might be. It's a no on the gifts from me, just in case you cared. I don't want them. Well, for what worth, I agree with you entirely. I think it was unique. And really, really creative, but yeah, it's pale imitation. If anybody tries to uh, tries to copy it now, and Southampton, they were the guys who did the tremendous kit launch video, didn't they? They did, yeah, they did, and they also, um, I, when there was a trend really about doing these massive announcements for players, they sort of did a tongue in cheek announcement video. I think it was one of their substitute goalkeepers signing a new deal, and they did a massive sort of, um, it was almost like a film promo, and that that yeah. was brilliant. You know that was that was almost you know saying what the fans are thinking, but it was also a great piece of content. And again, it's 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 because so many p- clubs are doing it and fans now as well. Um, it's it's hard to sort of carve out a niche and and do something a little bit different. So it's it's a challenge every day, really. You've seen the um, the birdie kit launch video that Rovers did. I take it. <laughs> yes, I did. I won't, I won't ask you to comment. I just wanted to know if you'd seen it. That's all. Uh, Ian, Ian, I was just about to bring that up. You beat me to it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. That's the end of part two. We'll be back in part three, and we'll just cast an eye forward as to to what might be occurring in the world of digital media at football clubs. <laughs> You are listening to the only podcast on the internet approved by the New York Rovers. Enjoy, and don't forget to check out brfcs.com. Okay, welcome back to part three, everyone. 
And what we're going to do now is just sort of have a look in the crystal ball and see what might be in the future. So, Warren, I'd like to start with you, if I, if I may. How successful has iFollow been? I think it was, it was an unusual initiative, and it's one that's brought us into closer contact, I guess, particularly with overseas fans who've been able to see live action for the first time. What what, what are the plans uh, for the future for the iFollow initiative? I think it's, uh, certainly for me, it's a difficult one to answer because I've only been at the club a short time. Um, and I've only been used to what I follow for a short time as well. But certainly, again, it certainly seems a better system than the last one, which would have been probably, I think, for Rovers would have been Rovers player. I think the fact that you can sort of stream sort of a number of games overseas um, is certainly a positive. I think it does bring the fans closer to the club. Um, it caters for everyone. It's not just those that are, are based in, in, you know, in the in the Blackburn area. Same as the the I follow commentary as well. You know, you can listen to that all across the UK. I think it, it's difficult to really develop it anymore. I think if there was going to be going to be something added to it, maybe um, sync the I follow commentary with the live stream, which I think and isn't happening at the moment. Um, but I'm sure once we uh, once the season's finished, we'll speak to the EFL and see their plans and they'll ask us obviously what what we need to improve and etc etc but it's, it's probably a reason for for its success i don't think they've they've not looked at it and said you know what fans are we desperate um to to watch it so or, or listen to it so we'll overcharge them um, i think they've been fair with the pricing strategy as well but uh, i think it, it's a case of get to the summer see what the efl want to do with it because a lot of it, it you know it is down to them we're, we're just you know we're just the puppets really they set it all up and, and we sort of put the content on there and, and obviously put the commentary on there so uh, it's going to be an, an intriguing summer i think yeah we'd, we'd heard whispers i can't quite remember where now that the um that the coverage might be extended and there might be um the opportunity for uk viewers to uh, to subscribe to matches but i guess so the efl controls the central contract and basically yeah. the clubs can opt in or opt out is that right yeah i think that's the case yeah that's the case. so, so it um, wouldn't be a club level decision it would be a league level decision yeah i think it'd be league and then um it would be up to all the clubs who have the sort of efl website slash i follow contract to uh to, de- to decide the way they want to go with it but yeah. uh, i think initially it's going to be the efl that decide how how i follow moves forward well, we've got uh, a number of overseas um, listeners who, who registered to the to the message boards as well that sort of really enjoy the ability. You've got guys, the New York branch in particular, have sort of engaged with us over this season. And we had them on as special guests and they sort of said it was fantastic to be able to see a live game. And they all gather in some bar just uh, by um, the Empire State Building in New York at ridiculous hours of Saturday mornings. Um, but it's given them a real sense of purpose. I'm sure they'd be keen for it to, to carry on and develop. Commentary certainly would seem to be an obvious development to, to add that on. If that could, that would be fantastic. OK, more for, I suppose, Warren this one. But uh, just wondering, I know obviously there's constraints in place with the templates you're given. But how do you, in the foreseeable future, see the club website developing? And I suppose that does lead into a bit of a fantasy question of if you were given a completely free reign and, a, and an endless budget, what would you do with it? Oh, blimey, that is a good question. Um, wow, you've caught me on the hop here. I think uh, I think initially um, there are certain fixtures that that the EFL control, such as Lang Senior Cup, and I'd like to actually control that myself rather than having to go to them and tell them what needs changing, etc. because um, sometimes they miss out on it, certainly where the where the Berry game was concerned last week, it, it was quite late um, to be put online. So I'm guessing, certainly from my point of view, I'd like to change those fi- fixtures myself. I think, to be, to be fair, like I say, I think the EFL have, have got a lot of it covered um, in terms of, of what fans want. 
I mean, what can you think of, Mike? What would you like to see more of, I suppose? Because it is the fans that, that want to go to the website. Uh, I'm the one asking the questions here, Warren. I'm afraid that's, that's how I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would, to be fair, I would be inclined to agree with you. I think certainly in the last year or so, the template they've been working from has been a lot more user-friendly as a fan. So it's kind of hard to suggest mass improvement. But I don't know, maybe just something a little bit more... In, interactive on the site I'm a bit of a quiz fan so more quizzes if that's the thing if anybody else cares about those sort of things I'd be up for that that type of thing you know if, if anyone wants anything added to the website then I'm sure I can get in touch with me on Twitter and I can ask the questions at the EFL and if we can do it then uh, then great obviously we want to cater for everyone not just the uh, you know not just the youngsters not just the oldies we want to want everyone involved so I suppose similar for you, Ryan, you already have my dream job. So um, how would you make the social media side better, keep it growing? If you could do anything, what would you what would you do? It's a good question. I think there's a lot I would do, but it's it's a question of resources. Um, at the moment, I'm sort of the only one doing it. So Oh, please, uh, can I be your assistant? <laughs> Trust me, if I could have an assistant, I think I would. And it would be you, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's all sorts I'd do. I'm going to sit down in the summer like Warren and, and take a look at how we can refine what we're already doing, really. Um, I think sort of all the, you know, little things like the goal graphics and stuff that we've got in place are just really a, a stopgap. They're, they're sort of tidying us over until until the summer. That's something I wanted to change when I came in, just the, the look of, you know, all the when Tony has a good quote or something or the goal graphics. They're now all sort of the same style. I'd like to vary it up a little bit within that. See, uh, I've loved that. I must say, it feels like a brand for the first yeah. time ever. It feels like we've got an identity. So I understand you want to keep pushing it, but for me, it's so lovely to see something and think, "Yes, that's Rovers." I can be flicking through Twitter and know when we've posted, and that's really nice. Good. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's the plan, and I think so. I'll, I'll, the idea is really to to keep the same style moving forward like and have a theme, but just a little bit of variety within that. So if it's a quote, it's going to look a little bit different to a goal graphic, whereas at the moment it doesn't. So I think that's that's something I'll look at. There's There are some plans in place, some things we're looking at, which I can't really speak about at the moment. It's Snapchat, isn't it? You're going to give us a Snapchat, aren't you? It's better than that. um but that's that's all i'll say um so there are things we're looking at already um but i think the summer is going to be the time to sit down and really you know when we've got more time just just look at everything because at the moment with matches and you know the build-up to matches and press conferences the weeks just fly by and they really do so i think once we've got the luxury of a little bit more time on our hands to look at everything then uh, then we will do but if i could do anything i'm I think it's just a case of refining what we're doing now and getting the comments from the fans and finding out what they want and you know seeing if there's a way we can implement that moving forward. So gents, you're bringing a wealth of experience to the role. We've talked about that already, but so often in life you learn from your mistakes or is there anything from your previous roles that you're prepared to share with us that uh, you know lessons learned, shall we say, that you won't want to repeat those mistakes at Rovers. Warren, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, one that one that springs to mind came in my first season at Southend United. Uh, I remember we signed a player in January from Wolves called, uh, I think it's Jake Cassidy. And what we normally do when a player signs, we agree with a time with, with both clubs. So um, I think I agreed a, a time with Wolves. And uh, so I've got it all set up at the, on the website. 
And uh, this is again, this is on the old system. And uh, I think it all, all went out on our side from South End side half hour before the agreed time with Wolves. And um, I remember I got a, a call from them probably 20 minutes later saying, "What's going on?" And uh, I was, I, I just said to them, "Look, I've, I've tried not, I've tried to unpublish it and publish it for, for the agreed time, but the old site wasn't taking it down for some reason." Um, and in the end. Sort of nothing really came of it apart from a, a phone call from Wolves who weren't too happy about it. But uh, yeah, now it's it's a case of, of double checking and making sure it doesn't go out any point earlier than that agreed time. It's like trying to recall an email, isn't it? That you've actually accidentally replied to Wolves and stuff like that. And the system never seems to allow you to do all those things that it's exactly supposed that. to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll bear in mind that any future transfer announcements will just give you 15 minutes before we start celebrating the fact that we've signed Lionel Messi or something like that. <laughs> Ryan, time yes. for you to fess up then. Is there anything that, that you uh, wished had gone differently? Uh, I, I think I'm quite lucky uh, in the fact that nothing's gone too badly wrong yet, touch wood. Um, I can f- definitely think of an instance where I've been going through a normal match day shift and something's cropped up that I really wasn't expecting and, you know, I've just had to deal with it. You know, one example of that is I'd been doing um, some social media work for Man United for for some time just during the week and it came to doing my first match day shift uh, with the live Twitter updates, uh, as I do for Rovers now. And um, it happened to be the game, I'm sure you remember a couple of years ago, when there was a bomb scare at Old Trafford uh, before the Bournemouth game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was being thrown in at the deep end to say the least um did you not live tweet 90 minutes of an empty stadium (laughs) not quite no uh it was it was really um a case of you know because because at that point it became more serious than yeah you know a football match until we knew exactly what was going on it was it was a case of you know do not cause mass panic kind of thing you know yeah don't don't put anything out there that's that's false or would you know so we really had to get it was a case of staying calm and getting all the the information and making sure it was correct before we put it out there i think so much of social media now is being first whereas in this case it was about being right you know um so that was that was definitely a lesson learned i think i'd know now how to deal with something like that if it did happen again even though it's it's really rare you should offer your services to Ollie Murs next time he's in Selfridges then. <laughs> yes, definitely. As in closing, I would say, you know, thank you first and foremost for coming on tonight. You seem very, very keen in general to engage with, with, with the fans like ourselves and thank you for your uh, lovely manner and proving that tonight as well. But just wondering how you'd actually found Rovers fans generally since you came to the club with the obvious exception of Chief Stalker to the Stars, Lindsay Lewis. Well, I mean, to be fair, you're, you're the first sort of Rovers fans I've had to deal with I want to say face to face, but you know, in, in close quarters, should we say? Uh, I've got to say, you've been all right, I suppose. <laughs> Damning with faint praise. <laughs> My general dealings with Rovers fans have been absolutely brilliant, to be honest. Uh, you know, as as I said with the staff, the fans have been so welcoming, and it's you know, it's been great. Just, I, I'm a I'm a fan of interacting with the fans from you know both both the the club's accounts and my own. I don't think there's there's anything to, to hide behind um, and some people do um, I, as I said to someone when when I first came in um, I, I'll happily accept the praise when it comes my way and you know one day when we do something that doesn't go down so well and I'm sure that day will come you know I'll, I'll, I'll take the, the flack for it so it's not a problem it's not a problem I've, so far the, the fans have been really welcoming and, and understanding and, and keen to, to you know to learn more about what what I do which you know as 
you know point proven with this with this podcast and i think the more fans know about what we do the more they can appreciate the you know the fact that sometimes we can't do certain things that seem that seem obvious you know a, a prime example being announce xyz when it's when, when a player's rumored to come it's, it's not as simple as that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes before before you can announce a player and, and things like that and it's i think if if we had a choice we'd, we'd get it out there straight away but it's just a case of being patient and making sure everything's done i will say that the uh, announce amari gifts were uh we're very amusing in the weeks leading up to him actually signing. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the fun. I mean, I don't want to give you too big a head, guys, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think, just in summary, I don't think that you should, uh, you know, understate the job you've done. Uh, yes, fair enough, you've got an advantage in that the club's social media hasn't always been brilliant and most things seem great to that, but I must admit the output that you have, I, I find, you know, I would look at other teams' social media now and think they're not doing as good a job as we are, or you are more particularly. Um, and I think you should take great credit for that. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's actually good fun to go on and see what the Rovers website and the Rovers social media team have been putting out there. I think that's a great credit to both of you. Thank you very much. That's really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's all for this special episode. And as always, thank you to my fellow panelists, Mike and Linz, for their youth-centric input. We must get some teenagers on soon, though, mustn't we? And obviously, massive thanks to our special guests, Warren and Ryan, for giving up their time. It's hugely appreciated, and I'm sure you'll agree has provided valuable insight into the workings behind the scenes at Ewood. Thank you also to you, our listeners, for giving up your time to listen to our output. Feedback, as always, is welcome on the BRFCS forum or on our Twitter feed. So thank you very much, and goodbye once again from the BRFCS pod squad. Podcast Network.